What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday, and welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. It's your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. I hope that you have had a great week so far as we are right in the middle of a brand new week. It's called Hump Day, and I hope that you're able to get the momentum you need here from us at The Faction to hop over the hump and have an amazing end to your week. Shout out to everybody who joins us by way of social media, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The Faction Show. We are honored and privileged to have you on board with us. Big shouts to everyone who's listening to us right now via podcast. If you are subscribed, thank you so much. And if you're just tuning in for the first time or you've yet to hit the subscribe button, welcome. We're glad to have you hanging out with us here on The Faction. Do us a favor, hit that subscribe button and you can be connected to what we're doing here and you'll get the notification as soon as we drop brand new episodes. Also, feel free to rate and comment on this podcast wherever it is you're currently listening to us. That will really, really help continue to get the word out about what's happening here at The Faction. All right, then. You didn't come to hear me talk about that. You came to hear us talk about wrestling. And so let's do that. Monday Night Raw went down, of course, this past Monday. And on the post-Royal Rumble edition of Raw, it saw a slight uptick in viewers, picking up an average of 1.892 million viewers. This is up about 70,000 viewers from last week. Of course, coming off the heels of a historic Royal Rumble and kicking off the road to WrestleMania, things typically get very, very interesting around this time in WWE. And certainly, Raw certainly helped to stir the pot. Would Edge decide to declare and battle Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship? Would he declare uh, to head over to SmackDown and battle for the Universal Championship? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But that was part of the show. We saw a heel turn from Sheamus. We saw a couple of times matches as well and speaking of edge he ends up in the main event against randy orton so let me just talk about this a little bit because i think this is important i mentioned on monday's show my initial concern about edge winning the royal rumble and i know there have been a lot of people who have been all over the place about edge winning the royal rumble some thought it was great some thought you know he's a hall of famer he doesn't need it it took an opportunity from other people Here's my take on it. My concern was, does this mean we're going to get Edge Randy Orton at WrestleMania for a world championship? Well, it looks like we are not, and I couldn't be happier. I was really wondering why on earth we're getting Edge versus Randy Orton on a Monday Night Raw with no advertising. Well, I guess it's because they want to go ahead and tie up a nice little knot with Edge and Randy Orton, keep the whole Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss, Fiend situation going. Uh, It's rumored that we may get that uh, at WrestleMania. And now it's wide open to see which championship Edge will battle for uh, when it comes to WrestleMania. I promise I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But that was a look at Monday Night Raw. And uh, I hope you watched and I hope you certainly enjoyed. And I happen to love this time of year as we get the opportunity to to pontificate on what WrestleMania will look like. And really, the possibilities are endless. Well, one person you won't be seeing at WrestleMania this year 
is Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan has been very quietly released from WWE. Now, for those who haven't heard that name in a while, uh, let me just kind of get you up to speed on Lars Sullivan. He debuted in NXT a couple of years ago and was a monster of sorts. And uh, some liked him, some didn't. But it wasn't until he found his way onto Raw or SmackDown that really the word began to get out about Lars Sullivan. As uh, moments from his past popped up in terms of things that he said on varying social media sites, which were uh, both racist and homophobic in nature, it caused a huge outrage among WWE fans. And many were wondering, why is WWE highlighting him so significantly? Remember, he had a monster push in terms of his entry into both Raw and SmackDown, a big war about which show would have him, et cetera, et cetera. Well, as fate would have it, he would initially end up getting a knee injury that would keep him away for nine months. And so for many of us, we were like, this is great. He's finally gone. Justice has been served. Well, of course, he makes a return in 2020. And we again are asking, why are you here? Your stances on issues of race, issues of gender and sexual orientation uh, continue to remain offensive. And this is not someone that we want to see on our television. Well, as WWE tends to do when it comes to wildly controversial issues, they are silent and make moves silently. Let's go back to uh, Jackson Riker, who uh, last year made some absolutely horrible statements about the Black Lives Matter movement, about African-Americans and racial issues, uh, did this on social media. And so the tag team that he was a part of were all removed from WWE television. And so we thought, OK, it was the end of the Forgotten Sons. Instead, what happens in the end of 2020 is they end up making a return separated from each other in different roles. Two of them are now with Baron Corbin and Jackson Riker is now with Elias. Well, I wish that they had took a stronger stance on uh, this type of situation as ironically, I ran across a clip. You know, the, if you listen to yesterday's show, the black history show where we talked about Ron Simmons, uh, you will hear in that clip that Vince McMahon says we have no place for racism here in the WWE and uh, we will deal with it immediately. Well, here we are 20 some odd years later, and that is not the case at all, as Jackson Riker is still employed by WWE, but Lars Sullivan quietly is not. So I don't think that anybody missed Lars Sullivan, and uh, in the words of most WWE release posts, we wish you well in your future endeavors. Uh, it'd be great if somebody would send him to training, but I guess at this point, you know, hey, whatever. So uh, not to be mean or cruel or crass, but I do think in 2021, it should not be acceptable for anybody to spew uh, racist viewpoints, homophobic viewpoints at all. It's not a good business move. It's not a good personal move. And I think WWE has to be a lot more aware of this type of thing because unlike the 80s and the 90s, it's super easy to research this information and see where people stand. So 
Bye-bye, Lars Sullivan. I want to ask this question to you all as well as we continue to look back at the Royal Rumble. And there were a lot of wins in the Royal Rumble. I thought the Royal Rumble pay-per-view was one of the best that WWE has given us in a long, long time. And it certainly is worthy of leading us in the road to WrestleMania. But my question is, did they take away the element of surprise? For instance, Edge declaring that he'd be in the Royal Rumble uh, the previous week kind of took the surprise of that away. Can you imagine uh, certainly how we would have popped at home since nobody was in the audience if Edge comes out as number one with us unaware? Now, some may say, hey, they're trying to recreate the moment that happened uh, certainly at Royal Rumble 2020. But there is still something to be said for the element of surprise in the world of pro wrestling. We were surprised by Carlito returning. That was unexpected. But I think also the unexpected nature of it and Carlito being Carlito did not make us think, hey, Carlito could win the Royal Rumble. Braun Strowman, who I had mentioned on our preview show, uh, I thought he would potentially be one of those names to return in the Royal Rumble. He returns on SmackDown before the Royal Rumble out of nowhere. I think that would have been better used for the Royal Rumble. And so it's leading to this very important question. How important is the element of surprise in the world of pro wrestling? I ask that question because yesterday a post was put out uh, by WWE promoting Edge making a shocking appearance on tonight's episode of NXT. Now, there's a lot of excitement for it, and I think it's going to get a lot of eyes on NXT for tonight's show. The question is, would it have been better for Edge to show up as a surprise? Think back to the Sting surprise in AEW a few weeks back. Well, really, almost two months ago now for Winter is Coming, and it kept the world talking. Would the world have been talking more about Edge showing up at NXT Uh, as a surprise or would it have been talking more now I think it's a tough uh, that's a tough question because I think one of the things WWE is trying to do again is help boost ratings so the question is what's going to boost ratings knowing of a move before it happens or hearing about the move on the streets that's the question what worked in the attitude era of course was hearing about the moves on the streets So I don't know. I know this, that certainly for AEW, the Sting moment was a monster moment that was watched over and over again. All sorts of merch connected to it, etc., because it was a surprise. Um, And so we'll see. Now, what Edge will do at NXT is still very much a surprise. We could make the argument that perhaps he'll be looking at Finn Balor to challenge for the NXT championship, which let me just say this. Edge versus Finn Balor at WrestleMania has my interest. Absolutely. So I don't know if they're going to go with that or not, or what exactly Edge will be doing at NXT, but it'll certainly be worth watching tonight. Of course, we know at NXT, the Dusty Rhodes Classic continues as uh, we're continuing with quarterfinal matches for both the men and women's tournament. So it's going to be a big show for Raw, but that is to counteract what should be a monster show for AEW, as tonight AEW presents Beach Break, which is going to be headlined by uh, a six-man tag, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers, taking on John Moxley, Pac, 
and Ray Phoenix. Now, this is going to be, I think, a special six-man tag. All six of these guys are great. Of course, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Uh, you got the AEW World Champion and the Impact Tag Team Champions, part of uh, what is... I guess being called Bullet Club America, I'm not sure, but they're certainly talking about Bullet Club, and so uh, they've had, obviously, experienced teaming before, they won in the Impact Hard to Kill main event just a couple of weeks back, where they have the same fate against three guys who don't lose very often, John Moxley only has one loss to his credit, Pac has very few losses, and uh, quite frankly, Kenny Omega beat John Moxley, but Pac beat Kenny Omega. So this is all going to be, I think, very interesting tonight. Other matches going down on Dynamite include Thunder Rosa finally getting her hands on Dr. Britt Baker DMD. That should be a great singles match. There is a tag team battle royal to determine the number one contenders for the Young Bucks at Revolution. Oddly enough, the Young Bucks will be in this tag team battle royal, along with Top Flight, Private Party, FTR, Jurassic Express, The Acclaimed, Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager, Santana and Ortiz, and The Dark Order. The winner gets a shot at the tag titles at Revolution. If the Young Bucks win, they get to choose their opponents for Revolution. And then tonight will be the wedding of Penelope Ford and Kip Sabian with Miro as the best man. It's AEW's first wrestling wedding. And uh, we know historically wrestling weddings always have something unique attached to them. Will that be the case tonight? I don't know, but certainly I think once again, AEW and NXT are preparing compelling content and television for tonight that I think will be worth watching. So make sure you are checking out the Wednesday Night Wars, NXT versus AEW tonight. I'm always curious to see which show you'll be watching first. Uh, so definitely let us know in our comment section. Also, a reminder, two quick programming notes. Tomorrow night, uh, I have the honor of being a special guest on the Women's Wrestling Talk podcast. The podcast is hosted by TK Trinidad. It'll be a live podcast airing on Instagram Live tomorrow night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. So uh, I'd love for you to join us. You can ask us all sorts of questions as we talk about women's wrestling and all other sorts of wrestling news. That's tomorrow night. Friday night, we have SHW 24, which should be absolutely amazing. I'm really looking forward to it. If you're in the Atlanta area or you want to come to the show, by all means, show up. I would love to see you at our show. Uh, I've got the information, of course, on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, 261 Marietta Road in Canton, Georgia. Tickets will be on sale at the door. So I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you ever miss SHW, you can watch it on independentwrestling.tv. Use the promo code SHW for the first five days free. And if you can't do either, you can certainly check us out live on Facebook Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern for the SHW pre-show. I'll be with my award-winning broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield, as we will get you ready for SHW 24. So needless to say, it's a very, very busy week, but I am super excited to be able to share all of these great wrestling moments with you guys here at The Faction. So let us know what you think about today's show, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction. 
Action Show. Also, let us know what you think of previous shows, our new Black History segment, and more. Let us know about that. Throwback Thursday and all those cool things uh, on social media as well. Until next time, family, it's your man GB, Gerard Bonner, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. Collectively, we're known as The Faction. Have a great day. Salute my people, here we go. Salute my people.